Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. She built this podcast. As I promised in last week's episode, we're not going to do much a doing here in the beginning like I usually do. We're going to get right into my conversation with today's guest, Amanda McKinney, who, funny enough, sent me an email asking me to be a guest on my show, and I actually said no. So you're probably wondering, well, if you said no, Emily, then how the heck did Amanda end up here? How are we here now? And if you want to hear what made me change my mind, I mean, You're going to learn a little bit of that in our conversation, but what really changed my mind is something that's been changing my mind a whole lot lately. So I would encourage you to stick around for the last two or three minutes after the episode where I decompress, just you and me, and give you Emily's hot take on our conversation. But as I said, we're not going to further ado. Let's dive in. Amanda and my conversation today, we get into her running leap into accidental entrepreneurship, the five kinds of people that every entrepreneur needs in their life, defining what success means to you, like for real, and rethinking and redefining some of these buzzwords we hear all the time in the entrepreneurial space, and like truly so much more. Um, And our conversation is really far from over. You will hear in my episode how I asked her live time to join me for another chat, and she says yes. So if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, I would invite you to join us in the She Built This group next Wednesday, April 19th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a Facebook Live where we keep this conversation going and we want you to be a part of it too. So as always, the link to the She Built This community will be in the show notes and all you have to do is pop in there on Wednesday, April 19th at 1 o'clock p.m. and we'll be live and you can chat and be a part of the conversation and ask questions of your own. Um, Amanda McKinney is an author, podcast host, and online program creator. She is focused on a mission to help accidental entrepreneurs unapologetically chase their definition of success. And after becoming an accidental entrepreneur herself, which she tells the story of, she's been on this mission to help other people step into their definition of success so that they can combat that, um, that should trap, those comparisons that a lot of us face. So for more information, definitely connect with Amanda on her website at amandamckinney.com. And I'll also include links to her podcast, The Unapologetic Entrepreneur, as well as her Instagram and LinkedIn. Hi, Amanda, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Well, hello, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. We've had a really fun little story of how we got connected and how I like told you, no, you can't be on my show. And then I came back to you and said, oh, wait, no, I want you to be on my show. So I, I really love these kind of stories. Um, and I will, my, my listeners will get access to the interview that you and I did. But I read your bio before you joined us. But I like to hear... We, we all like to hear stories, right? Like of how you got started and who you are and all that jazz. So tell us who you are. 
tell us who you are now and then like maybe any little backstory and breadcrumbs you want to you want to lead us to or lead us along oh that's so good I feel like that question is such a juicy one that when I ask on my podcast, I think, gosh, we could probably talk about this for the whole episode. It's when true. I, when I ask people that. And so I will do my best to not talk about this the entire episode. But who I am today is I, it's really interesting. You're catching me at a moment where we're recording this that I'm actually figuring out the, the, I, like I'm using air quotes here, the right words to describe what I do. Because I am in this interesting place of shifting. But what I will say is that I am a coach. I am a coach and a cheerleader for entrepreneurs and who I like to call accidental entrepreneurs, which I define as people who stumbled into entrepreneurship. So it's the person who followed a passion or a hobby and they're like, I think I can actually make this a business, but I don't know what the heck I'm doing. That's the person I love supporting because that's the person I was. And I think that we can do that as entrepreneurs because if we think back to where we were and can help that person that's in that spot, like, don't, aren't we all looking for that? Like we're all looking for that in different areas of life. So that's what I am now. So I like to say that I'm a business and marketing coach because those two things are kind of blended in. Um, and I'll give the little breadcrumbs along the way. So I went to grad school I graduated grad school with a communications degree. So in marketing is really, I it was kind of a bridge between marketing and public relations. And I actually liked public relations more in grad school. So I thought that was the avenue I was going to go. Ended up getting a marketing job, fell in love with marketing more so than PR. And then I worked in the corporate world thinking, I'm going to climb this ladder. I'm going to be this top executive. Like that was what I wanted to do. And I really ended up like getting myself into like close to burnout because I became a workaholic and through that ended up changing jobs. And then in 2017, I started my own business. At that point, I was establishing healthy boundaries and better what I like to call work-life integration. And I was calling myself at that point a consultant. And you'll love this story. So I remember being at an event. It was actually a book signing for someone that I had listened to her podcast and she wrote a book and I was like, oh my gosh, she lives right down the road, like, uh, you know, like an hour or so down the road. And I, so I went to this book signing and I introduced myself to her and said that I was a marketing consultant and I stopped and I actually looked at her and I said, actually, I don't ever want to say that again. I don't really think that's an accurate description. And she looked at me and it was an entrepreneur as well. And she was like, this is awesome. Like you've defined it, like you figured it out, like even if you don't know the word that you want to use, you know that that's not it. So you're one step closer. And so I just started playing around with different ideas of what I wanted to do. And I came to the realization that calling myself a coach and a cheerleader is the best option for me because I blend the two. And so for the next several years, that was in 2017. So the next several years, I worked with small businesses in the local area and like any, basically anyone who would say yes to letting me help with their marketing. And then my business transitioned into, I only worked with yoga teachers. So that feels like a big jump. But what happened is that I actually 
worked with a yoga teacher, a single yoga teacher, and realized, oh my gosh, this is who I can help. And I love yoga. And so this really worked out. And so from 2018, the later part of 2018 through 2022, I was exclusively working with yoga teachers. I created a membership and helped them understand marketing and grow their business. And I still work with yoga teachers. But what I realized is I shifted from the person to the problem. And what I realized is that I really help people take action and chase their definition of success. And that doesn't only mean yoga teachers, but it certainly includes them now. So now that's where I am and I'm figuring out all the words. So how was that for like the shortest bio? I have so many questions. Okay. So first of all, I know that we have a lot of accidental entrepreneurs listening. So I just think this is like really perfect. Um, And I want to dive into one more piece of that story and definitely talk about boundaries. But something that you said got me thinking. Um, It's the, the words that we hear all of the time in the entrepreneurial space, such as marketing, such as coaching, such as, uh, you used a different word, which I really loved, which was like cheerleader. But you got me thinking about how sometimes I think we get so fixated on this title and like what we're calling ourselves, like a consultant. What am I going to call myself? A strategist, a (laughs) consultant. But it's, you flipped the script on that and you said, I'm focusing on the person and the problem not or sorry i'm focusing on the problem not the actual person and i almost wonder if when it comes to our own titles that's how we kind of have to think of it too like okay not what fancy title am i saying you know which half the people don't understand anyway right <laughs> um but what problem am i solving for people and i just really loved that little shift um and speaking of shift that's another word which I think you and I have had this conversation. We've started this conversation. I really wanted to get into it a little bit, but this word shift or pivot, sometimes I think that it has like a, almost like a negative connotation to it. It's like, oh, I did something wrong or I made a mistake or I'm not on the right quote, quote, unquote, right path. And so I need to pivot. And I was thinking as you were talking about how what if we like kind of reframe the word pivot to like, no, I'm getting to my next level. Like I'm growing, I'm evolving, and I'm taking all of y'all with me who want to come. So I just thought about like as you were talking, I'm like, oh, the words we use really do matter. But we almost get so lost in like this jargon and like what other words are tossed around on the internet that we forget to like come back to like what they actually mean to us. And that is one thing when when it comes to your word, unapologetic success, how you've really like said, I want to define what success means to me, like not thinking about what it means to other people. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast, um, how it started and then how you quote unquote shifted or pivoted it. And now like what you really share around that that unapologetic success on your show. Oh, I love this. Sorry. I know I took you lots of places. Oh, no. It was really good. You know, I'll I'll take us back and, you know, you know how these things go. We'll just go around and we'll come back to the podcast for sure. But the idea of shifting and feeling like we did something wrong, I really appreciate you bringing that up. It's something I've never thought about until you mentioned it to me the other day and now now. Thinking about that of like, 
yeah, it does feel like when we have to make a change, a shift, a pivot in anything in business, whether that be the entire business or something like changing the name of a podcast or redefining what we do, shutting an offering down, all these things, it can feel like when there's a a shift that we did something wrong. And oh my gosh, to to flip that script and say, no, I didn't do anything wrong. This is just the next iteration of what's coming next is a beautiful way of looking at that because I see the other side so much, and I'm sure you do too, when you coach entrepreneurs, and and I have a coach, right? Like I have people who mentor and coach me. And so this happens for me too, but I have the other side when I'm coaching people, and that's exactly what they say of, oh, shoot, I failed. Mm. I messed up. I have to start over. Or like, how did I miss this? How did I miss all those signs? Yeah. Right. And it's so much easier for other people to see it. You know, I'll, I'll give your listeners a little tidbit. So you and I connected and it was like, you know, the stars aligned. I feel like, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things like you originally said no, but I'll put words in your mouth, which is usually not fair. But like you came back in this email and said, actually, like, this feels really good. Like, let's, let's do this. And so side note to everyone, whenever you hear no for something, it just means not right now. And it could mean, yes, two days later, because I feel like that's how quickly it turned around for us. And then fast forward, we've really connected and it spawned like so many great conversations. And so I think we can take that same idea of like sometimes things in our business, life in general too, but business is like sometimes something doesn't work out because there's something better, because Mm. there's a different path. And I realize that that's really annoying for some people to hear because maybe someone is sitting in a really tough part of life and business. And the worst thing is when you hear someone be like, everything is happening for a reason and all things are going to be fine. Like, I recognize how annoying that is. It's so bad. Like, it'll be great on the other (laughs) side. Just wait till you're on the other side. You're like, yeah, but I'm not. (laughs) I'm here. But I will say this, like... Currently, like everyone just heard me say, I'm in the middle. I'm figuring this out. I don't have the perfect words to tell you what the heck I do right now. I'm going to work real hard to get there, but I'm not going to let that stop me for dang sure. You know, I know that I have this fire inside of me and I don't care what the title is anymore. Um, I definitely cared at the beginning. If you talk to me at 2017, the Amanda from 2017 was freaking terrified to not know the perfect title, to not have the the whatever, like insert whatever I thought I needed in that moment. I was so scared. But the years of me pushing through and realizing the title doesn't matter, the logo doesn't matter, words matter for sure, but they don't have to be perfect at first. You can figure the words out as you go because there's going to be someone when you start putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur, there's going to be someone who is willing to take a risk on you. And for me, that was that first yoga teacher. I didn't know what I was doing in teaching yoga teachers. I didn't know anything about that other than I like yoga. Like that was it. I later went to yoga teacher training to learn about my audience, but I didn't have that at the beginning, but I had one yoga teacher who believed in me. Her name is Megan Spears. And I tell her every 
time we hang out because she is one of my best friends now. Like I owe everything to her because she trusted me. She believed in me when I didn't have the words that were right, but I had one person and now I have hundreds of people that I've helped. Like, but it started with Megan. You know, it started with one person trusting me and watching me fumble through figuring it out. And I think we can do that whether it's a paying student or someone, which which at first it was not like Megan was paying me. She was just sitting beside me like we met at an in-person thing and asking me questions. And then I was like, okay, then it turned into something. But it could also be people like you and me. Like we connected And then I was like, Emily, I'm really having trouble with these words. And you're the support that's like, you've got this. It's fine. Don't worry about the words. You know, so we can find that support in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I actually, that's one of the questions I had for you is like, what are the ways? Like being an entrepreneur, I had a very lonely day just yesterday, in fact. And sometimes it can feel really lonely and your friends and your family don't necessarily get it, right? But also, sometimes there are other business owners who you just don't feel comfortable sharing certain things with. So my question for you is like, who do you really go to for support? And how do you, how have you like really found those people that you're like, I can trust this person with this idea or this goal or this, you know, not to feel um, competitive towards me. That's a huge, huge one, right? Oh, yeah. That's a really big one. So this is actually something that I did some really deep, almost like soul searching on very recently because you know this, but I wrote a book and part of the book, there's an entire chapter in my book about finding your people because I really believe like anytime I talk about my business, I say like, I owe it to Megan. I owe it to, and I know specific people's names Mm. that I would say like this person breathed life into me when I did not have it. And all along the way, as a coach, I have been asked so many times, Amanda, how do you find these people? And I sympathize with it because I see it. I'm on a Zoom call with someone and they're near tears saying like, I don't have the person. Like, how do I find them? And so what I did was I really sat down with myself as I was writing this book and thought, who are those people? Who are those people that, you know, I need to call attention to? And I have a few different buckets. So this is a really great question. I haven't been asked this on a podcast yet. um, So this is really fun. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. So I actually think it's your question. I just turned it back on you. (laughs) So there you go. I've said that before too on a podcast. I've been like, this is a fantastic question. They're like, yeah, you sent it to us. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. I didn't even remember that. So thank you for telling me I did it. Uh, I'll take that kudos for sure. So I have a few different people and I broke them up into five different buckets. So we've got friends and family. Now this doesn't mean all of your friends and family, because I don't know about you, but a lot of my friends and family have no clue what I do. They know that I run an online business and it's almost like they, I'm, I don't know. It's not, it makes them sound kind of silly when I say this. They're not, they're very supportive of what I, like me running a business. They just don't know what I do. So interesting, but it's great to have the people who support you no matter what. So like when I was thinking about it, it's, it's the people that when I said the word and when you said the words, friends and family, those people popped into your mind. 
right? It's the people that you call when you want to share any type of information, exciting or rough or whatever. They're the support system. It's not rude Aunt Sally who is a jerk at Thanksgiving, right? Like we're not talking about everybody. We're talking about the people who are always there for you. Like you don't have to find them. They're built in. You've already got them. The next bucket is mentors. And this one, I feel like we can all get in our heads about. So I feel like when we think of, I need a mentor, it becomes this formal process of, I have to find someone and vet them out and all of these things. When I think of who a mentor is for me and who I believe they are for other people, it's people that you learn from on a podcast. It's people that you read their books. Like I tell people all the time, Mel Robbins, Brene Brown, they are mentors of mine. They don't know who the heck I am. Maybe one day I'll meet them, but at this point, we don't know each other. But I read their books and I gain insight. And so I believe those people are mentors to us, people you learn from in any way. It doesn't have to be a big name. It could be someone in your local area that you just look up to, but it can also be people that you do know. So I had someone early on in my business. She's, you know, several years. I feel like she's been a consultant for like 20 years. And I, when I thought I'm going to start my business, I called her and she said, you can do this. Here's the thing, the best advice I can give you. Understand knowing going in, there's going to be ebbs and flows. It's never going to be steady. So just know that. And I was like, that sounds awful. <laughs> and she, you know, she talked me through it and she's been a sounding board the whole time I've had my business. We don't have a formal relationship where we meet on a specific day and whatever. It's, I call her when I need her. I listen to these podcasts. I read these books. Those are the mentors. Then you yeah, have- Yeah, I love that. Oh yeah. Feel free if you want to share. No, I was just saying I love that concept of like, it doesn't need to be formal. You don't need to be like, sign on the line and be my mentor. <laughs> right. And I think it it takes the pressure off of that, of like, let's say someone's listening to this podcast episode and they're like, yes, this is what I needed to hear. Like, you could consider either one of us or both of us a mentor in this moment because you're going to take a piece of information and run with it. You're going to be inspired and take action, hopefully. That's our goal, right? Um, but that is the thing that can help us on the mentor side. But when you move into the other bucket, which is a coach, that is a more formal relationship. Now, it could be paid or unpaid. I believe both of those can happen. I've had coaches that I have paid to join a program or to work one-on-one -on -one with. I've also had coaches that, like I currently have a coach that refuses to take money from me. Um, but we do have a formal relationship in terms of we meet at a specific cadence and there's a specific thing that he looks at for me um, because he's really good at that and I can bring that to the table. And so it, it's more formal and like, this is what's happening. This is how I'm helping you. And that is more of a coach. Those people can interchange. Like that coach of mine could be a, someone that I say, like he could also be a mentor as well. But because there's a formal relationship, I feel like that's how that differentiates the two. The other, the fourth bucket is therapist. I believe in the power of therapy for everyone. And I almost feel as though when we put on the entrepreneurship hat, you should have a therapist <laughs> because a lot of things come up, 
when you start to run your own business. There's finances and everyone's got a money story. There's confidence because the first time someone says no and the 50th and the 500th time someone says no, there's things that come up. And so I believe that therapists are a great tool for entrepreneurs to have, and I encourage people to have them because they can do things that a coach, a business coach, like I'm not a therapist. So there's been so many times I've been on a coaching call with someone and said like, I'm not a therapist. I would really encourage you to find one to navigate this specific thing. Now I can help you with this setting the goal or taking action or specific thing, but like this specific mindset issue like I don't I can't help with that but a therapist can so there's the difference there and then the fifth and my favorite bucket of people are what I like to call my biz besties some people like that term some people don't I don't really care what everyone else uses like that's the term I use but it's your people it's your friends that are also running a business now I say it in that way the it's like Anyone who's running a business and willing to talk about business with you can become a biz bestie. The qualifier is they are also running a business. It doesn't have to be the same as yours, but it does have to mean that they are running a business because there are certain things that we do as entrepreneurs that anyone not running a business does not understand, period, end of story. So they can be your friend, but they can't be a biz bestie. What do you think? And I think think that the, the thing with a biz bestie is is a level of respect for one another. So like you really, really respect each other and you really, really trust each other. And whether that means trusting them not to feel envious or jealous or compete with you or whatever that looks like. But those are my kind of like, like I really need somebody to respect me and my brain and the feeling needs to be mutual. Like I need to be like, I really like what's inside their head and their heart. And also just not have that, um, that feeling like they're going to go talk about me behind my back or some, you know, that kind of same thing. So those are my two, my two stipulations on a biz bestie, but like, that's probably my favorite. That's like the, a really, really fun bucket, right? I love that bucket. (laughs) I mean, it's you and me, right? It's when you get to connect with someone and you just hit it off. And like, I go into detail on this, uh, like I've talked about it on the podcast. Maybe I should have a full episode on this. Uh, but They, like I've talked about it in the book and in many other places because I get the most questions about that bucket of people because everyone says, how do you find them? And what I've come up with is that if you're in the place, like if, if you're listening and you are hearing Emily and I talk about, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And you're like, I want that, whatever you decide to call it, it, and you want that, I would say, be the biz bestie that you want to find. Ooh, good advice. Yeah, it's taken a while for me to get there because I was like, I don't like, because it's very difficult. It's not like a formula, right? I can't tell you do these three things and you'll find your biz bestie. And the reality is you're going to connect with people and some will work out and become a biz bestie and some won't. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So what you have to do is you have to be willing to put yourself out there in order to get the biz bestie you want and take the steps in being proactive. And so what I'm, what I thought is like, be the person you're looking for. And it's, so let's say you're on a zoom call in like some sort of 
something, some sort of training. You could also be in person. This can go either way. So you're in some sort of a training or workshop or whatever the heck it is, and someone raises their hand and asks a question that you have the same question. And you're like, oh my gosh, thank God someone asked that and I didn't have to, right? Like we all know that's exactly how we feel. And so after the training, whether it's through direct message on Zoom or whatever the video thing is, or in person, you go up to that person and you say, thank you for asking such a great question. I had the same question. That in and of itself is going to connect you to and you'll be able to see like, okay, do we want to schedule a coffee chat? You know, if we want to schedule a coffee chat, then that takes it to the next level. You don't really walk up to someone after an event and say like, <laughs> hey, let's be BFF. Let's be biz besties. Like they don't really understand that. But you can say, thank you for asking the question. Because first of all, they were probably nervous to ask the question too. So then them knowing, oh, someone else had the same question, that makes them feel better too. You have a connection. Maybe you set up a coffee chat in some way. And then you see if it works and you just follow those breadcrumbs. And again, some are going to work out and some aren't. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just you you have to keep going and finding your people. And then it's like you'll graduate into like, hey, can we connect on Voxer? And then it becomes this thing that it just organically grows like any other friendship and relationship. I think that is such good advice not to not to push it a but b to also let it go when it's not like working and whether that be something you just feel inside or something that you're getting from them um you really do need to like and, and that's the thing with all like going back to this word pivot or shift that's so much a part of it is like letting go of the things in our businesses and the connections that we make that are like just not a good fit and it you don't need to you don't need to disclaim that you don't need to give an excuse as to why that is the case it's okay to just say you know what that is not for me <laughs> i learned my i learned from that experience and i'm moving on oh that's really good you know i i was thinking about something that there's a person in my life, she's a really good friend of mine. And my husband, Michael, and I always say like, gosh, she is so good with not making excuses for things. Like in, in such a kind way, like if she is, if we like, everyone's like, Hey, do you want to get together and go have dinner tomorrow night? And she is so like, so willing to say, you know what? My social capacity is kind of out, but you guys go ahead. I'll, I'll catch up on the next one. Or she says, no. And no is a complete sentence. <laughs> you know, like you can say no. And what you're, it made me think that because I was thinking, I look at that as something I aspire to, right? She does it with such grace and she never makes excuses, like ever. She doesn't make excuses. She might tell us why, but it's not an excuse. It's not like she's trying to validate why she's doing it. She's just sharing. I think I, think I need this person as my mentor. I will give like 60 details. Like I'll be like, I will I have to leave my house at 9 a.m. and then I won't get there until 10 a.m. And then by the time I get home, it'll be 11 and I'll have to take my dog out and do this and do this. And people are like, you like literally it sounds like you're lying when you give me that yes. entire excuse. Yes. And she has, she has told me several times too. She's like, Amanda, you don't have to tell me why. 
it's okay. If you just don't feel like it, it's okay. Like, and it has been so helpful to see her do that. But me thinking about it, I'm thinking like, we need to take that into our business too. Of course Mm. we don't need to be jerks and we need to explain when we need to explain but like, because you and I talked about on my podcast that you shut something down. And I was like, how did you communicate that? Because that is so difficult for entrepreneurs to be coming back to what you've said again of like, it feels like a failure when we have to shut something down and we have to change something. But in reality, it's just following the breadcrumbs in the next step. And it's like, we have to let ourselves do that. Or or it feels selfish, but at the end of the day, and this is what I told my community too, is like, it's selfish of me not to do this because I'm not showing up my best. And, and I'm not showing up my best for anybody. I'm not showing up my best for you. I'm not showing up my best for my clients. I'm not showing up for my husband. Like, it's just like, I'm not showing up. Right. <laughs> and so it feels, it does, it feels that twinge of like, ooh, this is selfish or I feel guilty. But you have to recognize that like, you making these decisions for things that are more, and again, another buzzword. I think this is like the episode of buzzwords, but <laughs> when you are choosing that that more aligned path for yourself, like that's actually when you're at your very best and you are showing up the very best for every single aspect of your life. Ooh, that is so good. And you know, it's really interesting because I promised you I'd come back to the podcast and it brings me to that of... I changed the name of my podcast and not just willy nilly. Oh, I'm thinking about changing the name because I don't like it anymore. Like I changed the content. I changed the focus. I changed a lot about the podcast, but to be very, very clear about it, it's not something I did on a whim. I actually did it over. It sounds ridiculous when I say this, because I don't think this is necessary, but what happened is it actually changed over the course of a year. Now, the name changed happened at a moment, but the content changed over a year. And what happened was I had my previous podcast name was Marketing Yoga with Confidence, which- Very specific. Right, very, very niche. Very specific. And to be very clear, like the, the part of me that will always love marketing, right? Because I do really appreciate marketing. I think it does not have to suck. I think there's a great way to do it. And for me, I knew- that I could grow my business if I picked a niche and I went all in on that niche. And guess what? I did, right? I went all in and I grew my business, period, end of story. Like I am known, not in like a, I'm trying to be like, say I'm known for everyone, but like in the yoga space, people know my name because I focused on marketing for yoga teachers. And so that gained me the knowledge, the respect from others, all of that. And I freaking learned about growing a podcast, opening up different offerings. Like I learned so much. But as I realized, like I, it was really an interesting experience. I think we can learn a lot when we create content. So as someone who coaches people, I will encourage people to create content. That could be a podcast, that could be a blog, that could be a video show, it could be emails, whatever you want to do here. But when we create content, it allows us to then look back at that content and learn. So I did an audit of the best performing podcast episodes, blog posts, social media content, and where I felt the most on fire. And wouldn't you know, Emily, it had nothing to do with marketing. (laughs) It was all about believing in yourself, 
defining success, all of the things that I am super passionate about, like you can hear it in my voice. You can see it when you are watching me on video. I get fired up about things. I then went and looked at my content inside my membership, inside coaching calls, that sort of thing. And what I found is I would do a training on how to use Instagram reels, right? I would do this training, but I would not let my members off the call without saying something like this. You don't have to use Instagram reels. If it does not align with you, you don't have to use it. I've given you the tools, but you have to define what it is you want to chase. And if Instagram reels doesn't fit in that, please ignore this completely. I don't want you to use it. I want you to use what works for you. And so I kept finding these nuggets. And so in 2022, at the beginning of the year, I said, I want to interview people and hear their success stories. So all year, I did solo episodes, but I also started interviewing people and hearing their success stories. Some of it was success with marketing, others was success around other things in business. And so the content actually changed at the beginning of 2022, and it was all about defining success for yourself and chasing it unapologetically. I did not have those words, though, coming back to that title thing. I did not change anything. I just started talking about success. Then at the beginning of 2023 is when the podcast name changed to The Unapologetic Entrepreneur, and it's me helping people define success and chasing it unapologetically. And what I say in the intro, as it is currently, is I'm on a mission to do that. Like, I can't say I do that perfectly. I don't believe perfect is possible. And so I'm on a mission and I'm taking you with me. And it's been great. I to quote your own words back to you. Um I love marketing. You didn't say this just now, but you said this to me in a in a email, I think. Marketing is the tool to help you succeed, but if you don't know what success means to you, you'll be on the hamster wheel forever. And I 100% echo and say this to people all the time. You don't have to do or need to do anything that people are telling you to do when it comes to your marketing you need to get clear on what you want it to do for you. And I also loved how you talked about um, creating content as a way to find your voice and find your unique message. I think that's something that we don't focus on enough. So that was a really, really good like tip in, in there. Um, and there's more that I want to ask you about, but here's what I think we're going to do next. I think next we are going to, if you know, I'm, I'm like asking you on air, but I know you're going to say sure. yes, but I think we're <laughs> going to have to do a Facebook live into my community yeah. where we talk about some of these other topics that I want to dig into you because today there's a lot to soak in. This was so much. Um, so I would love for you to give like one really tangible, practical takeaway for listeners. Like if you... If there could be something that every single person who's listening could feel, what would that be? Okay. Oh, this is so good. So I'm going to, I'll share one thing on the feeling side and then also one thing on the action side, because I believe that we need to use both. So dear friend listening, here's what I want you to know. I believe in you before you believe in yourself. And I've got so much confidence in you. And so I want you to feel confident because someone else believes in you. That is what I hope everyone who ever works with me, hears from me, anything. I hope you know that because I believe in you before you believe in yourself. 
And yes, we will make that a mini clip so people can just repeat it over and over and over again to themselves. You know, I find myself saying that all the time and I say it to my, you know, nieces and nephews and stepkids and family and, and of course, all of my students. Like, I find myself saying that. And that's why I, I tend to call myself a cheerleader. Like, I'll bring the tough love as the coach for sure, because sometimes we have to hear that. But I'm a cheerleading coach, if that makes any sense. Like, I have, it's been interesting to to learn about a gift. You know, everyone has unique gifts. And I say that all the time. Like, you you have a unique gift. I don't know what it is, but you have it. And I've been told my whole life, like, Amanda, you are so encouraging. And who knew I could actually make money doing it? Like, I can't believe I can say that. That's a miracle to me. I'm like, what? That's <laughs> awesome because there really is a shortage of like encouragement in the world. And I think that is a superpower. Yeah. And it's interesting because it feels so weird to think of that as a superpower because I can't help it. Like it, it literally, like I can't stop it. I don't think superheroes get to choose their superpower (laughs) (laughs) just between you and me. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Thank you for Uh, reflecting that to me. So now I want to tell the action. So the feeling is like, I hope you believe in yourself because I believe in you. And even if you don't believe in you, I believe in you. And the action is defining success. And this takes time. I wish it was something that you could do in a moment and it's like set. The thing about defining success, at least for me, it was not a quick moment. It was, I realized, okay, oh shoot, I'm thinking that my goal is success of like, I set this goal and I were, I was treating those two things as the same. And that's not what I believe about success anymore. Um, it's totally different. So if you ask yourself, how could I feel successful? And oftentimes that's a really tough one. So I would say to go back, sorry, (laughs) to go back and think about a time that you felt successful in anything. It doesn't have to be business. It can be in life and whatever. Think about the time that you felt successful and then ask yourself about that experience. What about that felt successful? And don't focus on the result. Focus on what it helped you do, the feelings that you had along with it. So like if you're like, yeah, I nailed that back handspring, felt successful. Yep. Right? Like that's a successful moment, but what what helped you to get to that, right? Oh, the practice really paid off. I felt really good about what I was able to do. Like dig and ask yourself that. And then also, once you are experienced and like navigating that, ask yourself, so that what? So I say everyone has a so that sentence. So it's like, I want to make $50,000 in my business so that dot, dot, dot. What is the so that? That's going to tell you more about what success is for you. So if you say, I want to make $50,000 in my business so that I can take my family on one vacation a year, then okay, success for you feels like paying for your family to go on one vacation per year. Amanda, this is so good. It's like <laughs> it's like big picture and yet like super, super actionable. So I really love that. Um, I'm like jotting notes down over here to make sure to <laughs> include them in the show notes. And I do like a little hot takes at the end. So um, all right. Why don't you 
share how to find and connect with you online, how people can find your podcast? Um, Like what action step would you like people to take to hear and learn more from you? Sure. You can find everything out about me at amandamckinney.com and you can find the podcast there. And the podcast name is The Unapologetic Entrepreneur and start with Emily's episode. It's a great one. And yeah, you can find anything there. So anything that I ever offer, if you know you want to check out the book or a coaching or whatever, whatever is currently offered, you'll find on my website. Awesome. And I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. And like, I could not recommend Amanda's podcast enough. You can obviously hear like her voice is very, very soothing to listen to. Um, But she is extremely inspirational and also actionable. And I'm just, I'm absolutely loving your show. So, so happy we connected. Thank you so much for being my guest. And we are doing that Facebook live. Heck yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) Okay. Yay. You stayed. That means you're one of my favorite listeners. Did you absolutely love that interview? Could you just like feel the energy? I loved it. Uh, Okay. So it's time for now my hot takes, Emily's hot takes. First of all, I promised you the story of why I told Amanda no. Frankly, it's because I was booked on my show. I am booked on my show until Lord knows when. I have some really great guests lined up for you through the entire summer of 2023. And also, I get lots of pitches. So sometimes it's just very overwhelming. (laughs) Anyway, I decided to write back to Amanda, which I don't usually do. But unlike most people, Amanda actually took the time to use the form on my website to submit her pitch, which I do require. Pro tip, always look for a form if a podcaster has it because they might not even look at your pitch if you don't use the system that they ask you to use. And it may, it just shows kind of that you don't care enough about how they like to operate, even in that first point of contact, which can get you dismissed and overlooked. Not saying it always will, just saying it can. Anyway, Amanda was a gem. She filled out my form. She did it all exactly how she was supposed to do. So I did write her back and I simply said, Hi, Amanda. Thanks for the inquiry and reaching out. The She Built This podcast is currently booked through the end of July 2023, but I will save this and review it when I start making my second half of the year content decisions. I'll check out your podcast as well. Thank you, Emily Aborn. Short and sweet. Uh, Amanda writes me back and said something along the lines of like, hey, look, I get it. I'm a podcaster too. I plan my content. Let me know if you ever want to do a swap. Here are the questions I would ask you and questions I like to ask my guests. And honestly, just the fact that she took this time to write something that was um, heartfelt and sincere and collaborative, I was a little bit blown away because she really like gave me a thoughtful response instead of what most people say, which is just like, okay, I'll I'll basically I'll bug you again in June. (laughs) So Amanda was like, no, I'm not really taking over an answer. Let's at least chat and meet each other. So I went ahead and listened to a couple of Amanda's episodes and I got this very strong gut feeling like pause the audio, rewind, Emily got a strong gut feeling. This is not like me, but I was like, I don't know why, but I just feel like I got to have this lady on my show. So we will find a way to get her into the content plan. Like no matter what it, what it takes, we just will. So we connected with me being a guest on Amanda's show first. Um, we kind of both set up the interviews at the same time, but I was on a guest on her show first. 
which I will include a link to in the show notes. And it was sort of one of those like instant connection situations. We sort of, I don't even know how this happened, but we basically bypassed all the small talk. And suddenly we were like discussing way more than just surface level stuff, which is my favorite kind of relationship, honestly. So onward we build and we'll see where it goes. But I think that in last week's episode, I gave you a little teaser about what this week's episode was, and it was the wrong teaser, because when I chatted with Amanda, I upturned my entire plan, my entire quote-unquote strategy, if you will, and I went with what I felt like I just needed to share this week. I knew I needed to fast track Amanda's episode. I didn't know why, but I was like, I need to bring it into this month's conversation around accountability because... A lot of what we talk about in this episode is taking ownership for the direction that we're headed. That direction being like looking really closely at what success means for you and taking ownership right down to how you define yourself and the work you do and making that feel really, really good for you. And, and here's another one. Here's another thing we can kind of like take ownership and responsibility for is trusting yourself and your gut to know when you need to make a shift. And I've been thinking about this topic a lot about shifting and pivoting and because I found the word pivot to be overused and it was starting to bother me and I could not figure out why. So I leaned into why the word pivot was bothering me and I realized that for me, for me personally, I'm only speaking for myself, the word pivot implied failure. It implied that I was running away from something or moving away from an area that was a mistake or an oops or a flop. But instead, I always want to be moving towards what lights me up and what feels good and what excites me and others and what I'm pulled towards. So I had that light bulb moment during our conversation that, you know, a pivot or a reiteration or a reinvention, whatever you want to call it, it really doesn't matter what we call it. That is actually taking ownership of your direction. It's taking ownership of your evolution. And instead of running away from somebody, something, or just sitting in it and letting it happen passively, you're running towards it. You're running to something that excites you. And that for me really has been like, an opportunity to kind of like release any sort of shame or blame or guilt I've had around needing to reinvent or reiterate or refine. So I will be super curious and excited, of course, to hear your thoughts and takeaways uh, from today's episode. And I really hope that we're going to see you in that She Built This Facebook community live next week, Wednesday, April 19th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Basically, your camera's not going to be on. You can just come eat your lunch and tune into Amanda and I as we go live to cover some of the questions that I did not have time to ask her in this interview. Trust me, I had tons more. I still want to talk to her about goal setting, especially through a shift or a pivot. I really want to talk to her about boundary setting and I have a couple more things on my list too. So, and I want you to come and bring your questions and contribute to the conversation as well. And then next week here on the podcast, buckle up again because we really are going to be talking about what gets in our way when it comes to success in life and business with my very special guest, empowerment strategist, JJ Flozanes. So until next week, I hope you have a wonderful time building whatever it is that you're building. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org. 